0: you a story. I say that a lot. I promised you a story. But instead of a story, I must admit, though I'm a little hesitant too, I must admit that instead of this I am tempted to tell you a harrowing tale of how I slithered through the woods like a snake, unseen and silent. To sneak up behind those who trespass in my forest. Those who bring unwanted noise and bluster and greed and want, as they so often do. I am tempted to sneak up behind them, and then, just when they're almost too afraid to turn around, because they know. They know I'm there, waiting. I... No, I will not tell you that tale, for that tale is not true. Instead, I must be breathing, creating, speaking a new story. A story for the card I drew when I asked my tarot cards what I should create. What I should create to protect my forest, this place of harmony, this ghostly sanctuary, and so it will remain. What should I create to protect my forest, dear cards? The Ten of Pentacles reversed, they answered. Material loss. Restrictions, deceptive wealth, false riches, loneliness. I must create for us a story about these things, and it is not hard to do so, because there has been a persistent and strong rain falling in my forest, making mud of the ground, making a swamp of the lake shore. I must create a story for you about a different place and a different rain. There once was a lonely man who lived in a little lonely house, in a little neighborhood, in a lonely city, in a big, enormous world. He woke up every morning. He sometimes went to work. He always came home, and he stayed by himself. He was a quiet soul at the best of times and he had great difficulty in sharing who he was with others. There can be a number of reasons a person might feel this way. He would not want me to share with you why he felt this way, and so I won't, because I don't even know. The fact is that he was quiet, he was reserved, and though he longed to connect with those in his little neighborhood, in the lonely city, in the big world, He didn't quite know how, and he was afraid of failing. He was afraid of being considered too strange, too boring, too quiet, too loud, too this, too that. And so he gave up on trying. He did his best at work. He did his best at home. And in a strange way, he was content with this, too until the rain came. It started late one night, pounding at his rooftop as he lay in bed, so loud and so hard that it roused him from sleep. Strange he thought drowsily to himself. Strange indeed. And he went back to sleep. When he woke up, he could smell the rain on the grass and in the earth as clearly as I can smell it now, too. Wet earth. He ate a little breakfast, and he stepped outside and was surprised to see that the rain had fallen for so long and with such strength now that his feet were soaked just stepping out onto the front lawn of his little home. They were cold and uncomfortable as the water soaked through his shoes and socks. He sighed in disdain and saw how the grass was practically drowning. His neighborhood was usually fairly busy with people leaving their little houses to go do whatever it was they went and did, while either sometimes waving at one another and offering a smile, or sometimes keeping their eyes ahead and focusing only on where they are headed. He often wavered between the two, thinking he might work up the courage to say hello to a neighbor one of these days, but usually he shook it off and waited until tomorrow, when he would make the decision again. But this day, when he looked up from his feet to see the neighborhood he knew so well, everything was... different. The rain fell hard, sure. It fell hard and fast and tirelessly, as it had done all night. The cacophony from the downpour falling on top of little tiled roofs splashing into the pavement, which was already now just one giant puddle, made the place seem entirely new to him. But it also came with a mist that had rolled into the land, as though the ground, the houses, the grass, everything was so hot that when the water touched it, a strange kind of steam rose up and painted the air. Everything looked different. He couldn't see the tall buildings in the distance. He couldn't see any trees or telephone poles that were any farther than a few yards from him. How mysterious it looks, he thought to himself. Almost beautiful. He lied to himself, for it was actually exceedingly beautiful. The umbrella did little to keep the rain from him as he walked to work. But once he was there, no one really noticed his wet shoes anyway, although they remained so for the entire day, making him extremely uncomfortable. Everyone could look up from their desks and see that the rain was still raging, still roaring, and the mist was just as thick as it had been all morning. It was horrific to see, really. Frightening. Terrifying. Brutal. But everyone was behaving as though it was totally normal. Weren't they? Even if they had a little fear in their eyes. And even as the thunder cracked, and everyone at their little desk in the little office in the little town let out a collective gasp and widened their eyes a bit, and went back to their work. It must just be me, the quiet man thought to himself, and went back to his work, though his toes were numb and his feet ached from the cold. They ached and throbbed and wouldn't leave him be. But he tried to work anyway, for what else could he do? When his day was done, he trudged through the water, now ankle-deep, and wiggled his toes, somehow the cold, fresh water making them feel a bit better. He went to a little store to pick up something to cook for dinner. The cashier gave him a little nod, and he nodded back, though he thought for only a brief moment, she looks as worried as I do. He considered asking her if she was all right. He considered telling her that he was concerned about all the rain, all the mist, the aching in his feet. But instead he paid for a few items and thanked her. She gave him a receipt and thanked him. And he left. Once he returned home, he was dismayed to see that the water had entered his house, and his floor was soaking wet. He kicked at it and cursed, sending water splashing everywhere. Hadn't today been hard enough? His feet ached even more now, screaming more and more loudly at him to remove his shoes, and so he did. He gasped to see that his toes were somehow connected to each other now, with a translucent kind of skin. But it did not look like human skin. It seemed almost scaled. His feet looked webbed, and as he turned them in the light, they glittered with a kind of silver sheen. His feet seemed to have grown wider and more flat, too. They looked a little more like... Well, they couldn't be. No, 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 no. He muttered under his breath over and over, and considered going to the doctor. He considered running to a neighbor's and asking for help. He considered calling a co-worker and asking what they thought. But what would they think? What would they do? And the rain poured even harder. He tried to sleep, though the rain leaked in through cracks in the roof and ceiling to fall on his forehead to drip, drip, drip on his hands and feet as he lay in bed. At first it concerned him, but eventually it felt soothing. It sang a song to him. When he listened, truly listened, the rain sang a song of pain, of grief, of despair and it made him uncomfortable at first but the more he listened the more he let his heart ache and the more his heart ached the more his feet ached too for some reason he let himself feel the pain the cold the despair and the rain song became more and more beautiful to him somehow And it rocked him to sleep. When he awoke, his feet felt a little better, but he saw that they were more scaled, larger and flatter, and more thickly webbed. He feared that he was turning into some kind of a monster, so he wrapped them up in several layers of socks that were far too tight and too uncomfortable, and squeezed them into shoes that made it all the more worse. The water was higher now, almost to one's knees, both inside the house and outside of the house. And still, even still, the rain fell viciously, and the mist had grown even thicker, so that everywhere it seemed an opaque white that almost needed to be waded through. The lonely man with webbed feet went to work again, He sat at his desk and tried to ignore his heart pounding from fear, from worry, from despair. This is not right, he thought, as the rain fell and fell and fell, and his throat had begun to ache. He rubbed at it with the palm of his hand all day, but tried to hide it whenever someone walked by or waved at him or joked about the weather. He didn't want them to know he was something different, something strange. He didn't want them to know he was in pain. Occasionally he might glance at one of his peers' desks and see them shifting uncomfortably in their seats, or furiously tapping their pencil, or holding their head in their hands. This rain was getting to everyone, it seemed none more so than me he thought to himself though when he looked a little more closely he wasn't sure of that either when his day of work was done he walked again to the little store and picked something from the shelf there's not much left the cashier apologized because of the rain indeed Her ceiling was leaking, too, and they were wading in water up to their knees. It's all right, he shrugged, and purchased a few items. That was the most he'd ever spoken to her. She looked more than worried today, and exhausted. She rubbed at her throat, too, and shifted her weight from one foot to the other. Hard being on your feet all day, huh? he risked. She scoffed a little, (sighs) more than usual these days. They shared a little laugh. But that worry in her eyes had turned to fear, and she couldn't hide that. And he knew that she saw the exact same fear in his eyes, too. He wished her well and left the store. He began his return home, somehow wading through water that was waist-deep, and mist that was almost strangling. He could barely breathe, and his throat throbbed and throbbed, and he was desperate to tear his shoes and socks off. Just a little longer, he thought to himself, as he waded towards his house, every step heavier than the last. He could hear his neighbors inside their homes, some weeping, some yelling, some laughing even. The rain was still falling and the wind had picked up now, so much so that the high waters of the lonely man's front yard rocked with waves now. He cried out as he felt something slither past him in the water, a large form that he couldn't make out in the setting sunlight and the suffocating white air before his eyes. He only saw a shimmer of silver under the waves. He gave up on walking and swam to his front door and let himself in. He tore off his shoes and socks and felt a euphoric relief as his fin-like feet unfolded under the soothing cold water. But he couldn't enjoy it for long, and the pain in his throat was now burning terribly. Hot as anything. Burning, burning. He made himself a cold compress from a wet towel and wrapped it around his neck. He enjoyed a little meal and tried to forget the sound of the rain. The rain that threatened never, ever, ever to stop. He went to bed. But the rain's song was louder still this night. More terrible than before. More sorrowful. More painful. And the aching in his throat was so terrible that he found the drip, drip, drip of the leaks from the roof falling against his skin. Quite cooling and calming now. In letting himself feel that pain He allowed himself to feel the relief also. He listened to the rain and he let it fall on him. He heard people's voices outside. Were they in their homes? Were they in the streets? Did they need help? Were they lonesome too? Were they just as concerned as he was about all this rain? He thought about going to sea but he was scared and his feet hurt and his throat hurt and the rain was so deep in his house that his mattress was almost floating in it. How could he help anyone when he was in here practically drowning? That too caused him sorrow. So he sang along with the rain tonight and eventually fell asleep. When he awoke, he was horrified to look in the mirror and see that on his neck, on either side, were two sets of gills. His skin had opened up to reveal these grotesque breathing mechanisms, undulating and gasping in the thick fog. No, 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 he thought, and scrambled around his home to find a scarf. He wrapped it around his neck, desperate to hide whatever it was he was becoming. He once again bound his feet up in layers of socks and shoes, wet though they were already, for everything in his home was now wet and floating all around him. And he went to his place of work. He walked there, "'though it was nearly impossible. "'The water was up to his shoulders now. "'He knew it would be easier if he swam it, "'but how strange would that be? "'He arrived, and his desk was floating on top of the water. "'Everything that was in it or on it was floating, too, "'or had drifted away. "'Yet still he saw others at their desks, "'trying to work, trying to keep their eyes down, trying to hide the terror in their eyes. They all seemed uncomfortable, in pain. They all wore scarves too, strangest of all. But now, when the thunder roared, they didn't gasp. They just rolled their eyes and sighed and kept working. Our lonely man with webbed feet and gills was horrified. Not at the water. Not at the rain. Not at the mist. He was horrified that everyone was ignoring it now. He turned and left the office immediately. He went to the little store. He wanted to check on the cashier, but she was gone. The store was just as flooded as the rest of the neighborhood. "'Are you all right?' he called out, unable to see anyone. Where are you? Can I help? And just at that moment, he felt something swim past him again. Something large. Something unseen. Something fast and powerful. He could tell from the change in the current. And a flash of silver passed by his gaze. Under the water, he screamed and left the store. He still, even still, tried to walk home, though the water was above his chin. The scarf felt suffocating around his gills. The shoes felt like bear traps around his fins. But he would walk home, close the door, and then take it all off. No one would know what was happening to him, He didn't want them to know. Why? All he wanted to do was get home, tear off his scarf, his shoes, his socks, and... swim. But he couldn't open the door. The door was shut, it was locked, but there was water inside the house and outside, and the pressure made it too difficult. The passing current and the rocking waves made it almost impossible. So instead he floated up from the water, scrambled to his little tiled roof, and climbed it. He sat down, and he wept. Everything was submerged in water now. He felt monstrous and more alone than ever. Really coming down, huh? he heard a voice say. It was his neighbor, an elderly woman who tended to keep to herself, for the most part. He'd never actually met her before, but she also sat on her roof, watching the waves go by, watching them grow higher and higher, either unbothered by the heavy rain falling on her head or simply accustomed to it now. She wore a scarf, too, and had her feet covered by a blanket. It is, the lonely man shouted back. The old woman smiled as she looked at the fog. There was something about the way all the telephone poles, the trees, the houses all looked in the mist. Something she loved about it. And as the lonely man looked at her, he realized he saw something in her eyes other than fear, other than worry, other than despair or sorrow or anger. There was hope. He hadn't seen that in some time. What makes you smile? He shouted at her, not comprehending how one could show hope in the face of such overwhelming hopelessness. She turned to him and chuckled, and kicked off her blanket. Her feet unfolded before him into two large, sparkling silver fins at the end of her legs, each now scaled as well. She raised her hands, which were webbed and scaly now too, and removed her scarf, her large and gasping gills visible to him, even through the thick fog. She stood with only a little difficulty. So excited and invigorated did she appear to him, and she threw her arms open wide on either side of herself. I smile, because we were not meant to flounder. We were meant to change. And she dove in the water, and swam rapidly away the lonely man watched first in horror then in wonder then in jealousy so he took his shoes and socks off and let his fins unfold too he removed his scarf he looked at his hands and saw little streaks of silver crawling across them Creating little patterns of scales there as well. He blinked, and his eyes seemed suddenly covered with a strange new film. And he did not realize it, but his pupils were enormous black circles set within wide amber irises. The air was too thick now. It was time. He dove into the water. He didn't know it because he couldn't have seen it with the fog above the surface. But several other people made their way into the water then, too. So he swam through the street he once walked in. And saw his neighbors. His co-workers. The cashier at the shop. His elderly neighbor. Swimming. With shimmering scales and fish eyes. Breathing deep the cold, clear water, he smiled at each and every one of them. Every person he met, he asked if he could help. Because they had all lost everything together. The reverse ten of cups came and spilled all their coins out and sent them away with the tide. Everything was not gone, but everything was different. If one loses everything together, then one hasn't lost, really, at all. The rain can be overwhelming. It's been raining hard lately, here and everywhere, I think. The rain can be overwhelming. Remember to look for those who can help you swim. And remember to help others swim as well. Ah. It's stopped now. Here in my forest, that is. I can see a little more clearly. I think I must grow scales of my own so that I can defend myself and others. And I hope that we can look through the mist, frightening though it may be sometimes, and see each other for what we are. A community of creatures who can always change our world and ourselves. Good night, sweet friends, kind friends, generous friends. Sleep well. friends, and thank you so much for listening to episode 147 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen Zaza here, your writer, host, narrator, composer, creator behind the podcast. Wherever you are, I wish you love and peace this week. I'd like to take a moment to point your attention to the legacy of Hope Foundation The Legacy of Hope Foundation is a national Indigenous-led charitable organization that works to promote healing and reconciliation in Canada. It's integral that all Canadians listen and learn and educate ourselves on the history and impact of the residential school system on Indigenous, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis survivors and their descendants and to help in whatever way we can. To learn more and donate, please visit legacyofhope.ca. Thank you again for listening tonight, my friends. Thank you so much to everyone who supports the show monthly through Patreon.com. If you're listening and are also interested in becoming a patron, every monthly Patreon donor has access to my ever-evolving soundtrack. Find out more by visiting Patreon.com slash DarkColdNight. You can also support instead through a one-time donation without that soundtrack perk by buying me one or more metaphorical coffees through Coffee.com. You can learn more at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And I also have t-shirts and hoodies available at bonfire.com on a dark cold night Thank you so much to an Australian listener who left a lovely five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. Big thanks to ATS Sanctum. I'm so grateful that you enjoy the show and decided to share your thoughts about it. Thank you. If you'd like to leave a rating and a review on iTunes like ATS Sanctum, or anywhere else you like to review and rate podcasts, it would be a huge help to me and I would appreciate it so much. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, and on my Facebook and YouTube pages, just called On A Dark Cold Night. Thank you for spending some time tonight listening to my voice. I really appreciate it and I appreciate your patience with me this week as I needed to take a little break for myself, work on my heart a little bit, have a little quiet and a little rest. Please take care of yourselves, my friends, and please look after each other. This is all of our world, and we can make it better together. I have faith in many strange things, magic, spirits, monsters, But I also have faith in that. Good night, friends. Sleep well and sweet dreams.